Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, college football editor with The Athletic, and I'm joined by Ari Wasserman, our national recruiting writer for The Athletic. And Ari, once again, a special guest, Andy Staples, is joining us, our colleague from The Andy Staples Show and Friends. Guys, we're going to dive right in. Our other colleague, Bruce Feldman, tweeted today that the Travis Hunter to Jackson State, I think he called it the biggest shocker on signing day that he's seen since covering the sport. Andy, would you agree with Bruce? It felt historic because we're in this period of, of quick radical change. And then you've got a guy, and I honestly, I thought this was going to happen in basketball first because you'd seen a lot of top basketball recruits. Mikey Williams, the, the top 2023 guy, I believe he had three or four HBCUs in his, his final Well, it did five. happen. Didn't Maker, Thon Maker's younger brother go to Howard? It didn't yeah, work but out. Yeah, like like he got hurt. This is number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, or, or number two, depending on what, what service you're looking at. He's number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is huge. And what it shows is how much more leverage, power, you name it, the athletes have. Because this is a guy who looked at the situation and decided, hey, I don't need the infrastructure of a Florida State or a Georgia or an Alabama to be successful, to get me to the NFL. I can go play for a guy who is one of the best who ever played my position. He can develop me for the NFL, and I can walk in the footsteps of Walter Payton, except the difference is when Walter Payton went to Jackson State, it's because none of the powers wanted him. And meanwhile, Travis Hunter can go to Jackson State and say, I don't need any of the powers. I can help bring some of the power to Jackson State. And I mean, when you think about just from a historical perspective, why does Jackson State exist? Jackson State exists because people who look like Travis Hunter weren't allowed to go to the other universities in Mississippi for a long, long time. And and that didn't change until the latter part of the 20th century. So it feels like a pretty big deal. And you can be cynical about it. You can say, oh, he got better NIL deals or whatever. It doesn't matter. We, we entered an era where an athlete had that level of power because the rules have changed and the dynamics have shifted. And he made a decision that might lead other athletes to make a similar decision. No. We've seen other people in this position put HBCUs in their top five. Correct. I think Corey Foreman did it last year. You know, I think that making a statement or at least including them to to bring awareness to these universities or more awareness of these universities has been a nice little boost the last few years. But there is a stark difference between including these schools in your top five and saying that you're thinking about them in interviews and drumming up hype. And there's a complete there's a difference between that and actually being the person who does it. And I do think that, and it's funny, Mitch, because remember when we wrote the story about Travis Hunter, when was it, six months ago? Yeah, it was he in April. Was complaining about the, he, he complained to me in that interview that he wasn't the number one overall player in the 247 composite rankings. And we laughed it off and we thought it was funny. He's an eccentric guy. You got to love that confidence about somebody like that. But I think that the fact that he finally got that boost that he thinks he deserved makes this more significant. I don't know, Andy, if you agree, Mitch, if you agree. But the fact that he's number one overall yeah. is the biggest possible state. If he was number three, it would still be big. If he was number six, it would be big. But the fact that he's number one, of course, it's historic. And, you know, people, Mitch, I think you were even making fun of me earlier about the the entry that I had in the, in the newser that we put out. History was made. Now, that didn't mean that it's on par with some of the historical events in the, in the <laughs> long, illustrious history of our country, but it could be the first thing or the or the 
the most significant thing that can lead to a catalyst for change. And, and I, I t- try to wonder, could Deion Sanders in five years or seven years or 10 years, if he still remained at Jackson State, sign a top 25 class? I, yeah, I think, he, I think could, he could. He could probably do it in two years. I think Travis Hunter, need, it needs to go well with Travis Hunter. He needs to have a good experience there, stay there for three years and go to the NFL. If he decides after one year, you know what? Andy mentioned the word infrastructure, but the infrastructure from maybe, you know, everything from dining to, to facilities, to, you know, he's just like, this isn't what I expected. And he transfers. I think that would hinder that from happening. But if he has a good experience, I think there's no doubt that that could happen. We well, say this I, over and over and what, over What again. if Dion gets hired for a power five job or a, because if he remember Dion won a lot of games at Jackson state, weren't they 10 and yeah. two? Like, yeah. So, He's winning a lot of games and signing good classes. Do you know what usually happens to college coaches when they win a lot of games and sign really good classes? They get hired by Florida State. Or other places, exactly. Right. <laughs> I went up and I looked at um, his salary at Jackson State, and it's $1.2 million a year. Really? And I know that what he's not doing or what he's doing is not financially driven. And, you know, maybe he wanted to be a Power 5 head coach first, and then when he found this purpose, it's changed the way he's viewed his course. But Mike Norvell is getting paid, I think, five and a half mil a year. And there's this whole different viewpoint. And I think we can maybe get into the Norvell thing, you know, later on in the podcast. But I do think that it that this is a little bit less surprising because Deion Sanders is in charge. I also think it's a little bit less surprising because HBCUs have an inherent connection with African-American athletes and all those things together can make that happen. Um, but we do talk about over and over and over again, guys, that the number one thing that these college athletes want in a program is to go to a place that's going to develop them for the NFL. That said, they also want to be in the NCAA video game when it comes back out. They also want to play in big stadiums. They also want to be on ESPN. They want the experience in the locker room and the Xbox and the meal, the, all the facilities and the infrastructure that Andy was talking about. So, the interesting thing to me is that while Travis Hunter made this huge jump and made this huge step for HBCUs trying to attract black athletes, I wonder how many people will be willing to take the leap that he did, giving up not just, even if you can get developed for the NFL, just the amazing life that a Division One Power 5 athlete has for four or five years well, even that, before it's, they get it's to the not, It's not going to be for everyone. It really isn't going to be for everyone. I, I mean... And Ari, you interviewed him. You, I think he calls himself the lone wolf. He's he's a different guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's sort of the same thing as Alabama's not for everyone. The the same guy that would thrive at Alabama may or may not thrive at Clemson. So there are going to be other people who, for them, this might feel like the right decision. But you might have needed a Travis Hunter to make it first to to push them into actually making it. But no, it's not. Is that going to keep really good players from going to Alabama and Ohio State and, and USC? No, of course not. So now, will it lessen the percentage of people who do? Now, that, that's what I'm curious about. Because remember, when all this NIL stuff was, was getting rolling, the, the big fear, oh, now Alabama and Ohio State are going to have an even bigger advantage. Well, they couldn't have a bigger advantage than they already had. Logic dictated that somebody else might be able to use this to kind of shear off a player or two from those schools. Well, maybe that's what's happening. And maybe it's not Jackson State next year. Maybe it's SMU, which used to be pretty good at this stuff. Or maybe it's, I don't know, Nebraska. Or maybe it's San Diego. Who knows? It it could be any of these, depending on who's going to be creative. You know what I think is interesting? And we'll add this all up once the commitments are are in there. I think last year it was in between 60 and 65% of the top 100 players in the country went to one of five schools. Let me read off to you right now where the top five or the top four players in the country are committed to. Travis Hunter, number one, Jackson State. Walter Nolan, who insanely, did sign. without hesitation, did sign on, on Wednesday. 
which I think was a <laughs> it was like a solar eclipse. You see it rarely, but when you do, it's always nice. Um, the so Walter Nolan to Texas A and M, Luther Burden, number three overall, Mizzou, number four, Travis Shaw, North Carolina. Those are all people right who would there. have gone to Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. But yeah. now 14 of the top 100 are going to A&M. So the numbers are still going to be there for the big But players. A&M wasn't yeah, one yeah. of those But schools. A&M wasn't a part of the top five last year. Yeah, no, I know. I, but A&M has elbowed its way into that discussion as the you know premier recruiting school. I want to transition while we're to Mike Norvell because we could have talked about him later. Could not have had... I don't want to say a worse day, but he, not only does he lose his number one player who he's had for 15 months, who's he's, they fended off Georgia. How many rumors were there that he was going to flip to Georgia? But it also Marvin Jones Jr., the son of a former Florida State All-American, picks Georgia over Alabama. So, Andy, you live in the state of Florida. University of Florida had a good day recruiting, got a five-star Kamari we Wilson, talk about that too. That I don't think today. people expect him a late four star. Too early to say for Mario Cristobal at, at at Miami, but not a good day for Mike Norvell, right, Andy? Really? It wasn't. I don't think so. Because he signed a five star safety. He signed he a top one hundred quarterback. Do teams that lose but to FCS he, teams usually sign that kind of class? Florida State, coming off two classes in the twenties, was outside the top ten. Heading in today, look like they had a good chance to sign a top ten class. I think they're now in the teens. Okay, so they lost one player, and oh by the way, did losing two. Travis did okay. Travis Hunter well, hurt Mike Norvell, or ultimately did he help Mike Norvell? Do they have? Well, this he didn't class go to Georgia. If, he didn't go to Florida. Do, do they have this class if Travis Hunter hasn't been committed for the last fifteen months? Did Mike Norvell get a contract extension this week if Travis Hunter? Hasn't been committed for the last 15 months. All good you gotta, points. you got to look at the whole picture here. Yeah, I agree. But don't you think in the eyes of his fans? Yeah. He is not fans. as popular. They get mad about stuff. The entire, yeah, David Upman did a whole story about a Twitter spaces yeah. Uh, yeah. story about oh, how listened, you, know, you had fantastic. to say fire Mike Norvell to go in. So, no, Andy, good points there. But still, I mean, when you've got the number one players committed for 15 months and you don't oh, get him. Oh, it sucks. It's, it's, but what was he going to yeah. do? The thing that's tough about this one player, Andy, is that Travis Hunter was like the identity of Florida State's rebuild. You know, yeah. and I think that when you're when you're in a situation where you were Florida State and you used to be one of the top five programs in America and you won a national championship uh, in the last decade, it's hard to say that any one player is going to save your program or make or break your build back to what you were. But there was so much made about how good Travis Hunter is because he's a stud and how he believed in Florida State during a time in which nobody else did. And like the identity of the rebuild was based on his belief. Yeah. So it's not just necessarily that they lost one player. And I think when you lose one player and he's the number one player in the country, that's a little that's like losing four other blue chip players that somebody it, else. It is, but but here's the thing. What was the difference between Dan Mullen and Mike Norvell this year? Really? Mike Norvell had Travis Hunter the, committed. Yeah, and I was going to say, saved, there was two five-star prospects. He saved the guy's prospects. job. You, you want him fired, he saved him. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Well, the fact that he got he, the contract extension. Uh, he flipped on him, but he still saved he him. Signed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But, like, talk about best timing to sign a contract extension in the history of college football. Um, they also you know, played better as the season progressed. Yeah, they yeah. They, they, sure they did. They, they, now, they should not have lost to, to a Florida team that didn't have a coach. But they do, they were better. And so the, the trajectory is still up, it would, it would seem, for Florida State. I would agree with that. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the fire Mike Norvell camp. They just were showing they had the potential. And I don't know, Rory, what are they now, 17, 18? They could, they could sneak in. Now. Yeah, they could sneak into the top 15, but had the potential to sign a top 10 class. You know, what's the difference between 10, 12, 15? Not, not a huge difference there. It uh, is when the difference is the number one overall player. I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm, I'm like with Andy, but I'm not with him. Like, I think that this was an instrument. It was a monumental loss. I don't think so. I, I, I think it looks terrible, but when you, when you look at it on balance, that dude still saved Mike Norvell's job. Oh, I mean, I guess like if the point is Mike Norvell's better off to have had lo lost him in a flip 
rather than not ever having him at all, then obviously losing him in the flip was better. Might be more painful in the end, but also, you know, made people believe in the Florida State rebuild. But now if you go into next season without Travis Hunter, people are already going to be down on, on Norvell moving forward. And if they lose two or three games in the first half of the, half of the season the next year, it's just we're back at it again. So, you know, I I also think, too, that he could have been a two-way player that is legitimately could be a first-round draft pick at corner and could be a first-round draft pick at receiver. Like, he's that good of a player. Did you, so, did you see what uh, A.J. Duffy, the quarterback, tweeted today? What did he tweet? Just, just a broken heart. That's all. Oh, Yeah. Um, well, here, here's the yeah. thing. But they got A.J. Duffy, what, what, so that's good. What are the odds that Travis Hunter winds up playing at Florida State either because of what you guys were saying, where maybe this is not what he envisioned, or because Dion gets hired there and he just goes yeah. with him? Right. I mean, if, if Mike Norvell's smart, which I'm sure he is, you don't burn any bridges. You tell him, we understand your decision. Good luck. You, 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 know, where, you know where we are. If it doesn't work out, you can always come back. So... Um, How much did your viewpoint, guys, change of Deion Sanders as a Power 5 candidate after today? If at all. The record was already changing my view of him as a candidate. They were yeah, good. You're, 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 you have to be a good coach to do that, yeah. to do what he did. It's not so all smoke and mirrors. From a wins and loss thing? Well, you can't – okay, let's say he went 3-9 and nine and he's doing this. Then you say, okay, he's just recruiting guys, but he, he – you know, I'm not. I did not watch Jackson State football this year. I watched a little bit, but he clearly ran a good program and won a lot of games. So I think, yeah, the, the chances it becomes a Power Five head coach, in my eyes, my view went went up today, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I mean, would just automatically hire somebody who got the number one overall player in the country to commit to an FCS school. But you, you would. Right. <laughs> you absolutely. Texas Tech would, yeah. Am I, I the would worst hi- athletic director college football? I would hire him because he went 10 and 2, <laughs> and he's a good recruiter. Now, remember, getting his own son to come play quarterback there is a different deal. This is this is completely next level. And remember, who was Zach Evans' mentor? Like, I don't think he's done. Yeah, mean, if, you, they, if you put Zach that- Evans in that in the swack backfield. He's going to do some damage. They also signed the number one junior college transfer last year, too. Who was, I think, supposed to go to Penn State. So that was another recruiting one. So, I mean. No, I think this is one. In the last year, you know, we did the research about how many guys they signed. I think some of the guys, there might have been some academic issues. There were other issues. This is, like, legit. There wasn't like, oh, he didn't get into Florida. There's some legal issues. This is a guy, obviously, who could have gone anywhere, was the number one player. Um, so it just, uh, just validates what they've got going on there. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, okay, let's move on, Ari. 
tell us about your day with your good friend Keontae Goodwin. <laughs> By the way, I was so confused. I was traveling yesterday, and I know Keontae Goodwin's from Indiana slash Louisville, and I know you live in Dallas. And then you said you were going to go to watch him sign, and I had I was so confused that someone would get on a plane to go sort of not announce where they're but going. But then you found out that it was an event that was sponsored by Takis, right? Yeah, which I've never heard of. Should I have heard of that place? Oh, Takis like are so good. Chips. Okay, I, not in Nashville. I've never, I've never they seen They don't have them. them in Nashville? No. They're so is it a everywhere. restaurant or a chip? It's, it's a, a chip. It's like a chip that you would see in a gas station. Okay. It's like a, I, I, it's do like the shop, a I do the grocery shopping, and I don't, I don't see them at Publix. It's a rolled here, so. tortilla that is covered in this the most delicious red dust you've ever had in your life. Ooh, okay. I, it's right, probably toxic, back? but I've it doesn't legitimately matter. never had them, but it's amazing. I've never had them. Okay. Um, My kids. But love I was them. also, I was also kind of taken back by it because this was, uh, this was definitely like a PR thing for Takis, and they got a few players that weren't committed to show up, and I think the people at Takis were really mad because Keontae Goodwin was supposed to be the star of their show. And like get people to watch because he was going to announce between Kentucky and Michigan State, and his announcement was that he didn't have an announcement. And I stood in the back of the room, and I'm like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." Can, can it we, worked out. They're getting we, more publicity. We're talking say, about. Can we fire Takis the Takis employees who got mad about this? Because right. we've talked more about yeah. Takis today because he didn't have a decision to announce. Than we would have true. ever done if he had a decision to announce. They Which, by did the way, get. They still mentioned made. in your story. You mentioned Takis in your story. Well, you had to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was to explain why the man was in Dallas. <laughs> he flew from, from Louisville to Dallas to not to not announce his college decision. <laughs> then he flew back to Louisville and announced it at his uh, Guardian's gym where we he had works a, out every day. We were in Chicago <laughs> for an editor's conference, and we talked about potential story ideas. And one is like crazy signing day situations, you know, whether Landon Collins or Alex Collins' mom not signing. This one's on the list. In ten years, when we do, when we look back, I'm just happy that it happened to be where I was because, like, you never know where this is going to land, and it landed right in my lap. Um, also, it's funny because you're you're right. We did talk more about talkies than maybe ever before. And, and Andy, how much is the going rate for you to say it has the most delicious red dust than you'll ever? That's like a ten thousand dollar ad right there. Probably. I mean, I don't. I don't just know to hear it out of your out of your beautiful mouth these days, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the funniest because my son yesterday. Before all this happened, said, "Dad, we need more Takis. We're out of Takis." Oh, so you, so you buy the actual like family sized bags in the grocery store for yes. the house? Right, yeah. Oh, okay. But they, but they also yeah. have they also have the the you know selections of the mini bags that you can pack in their lunches. Oh, okay. I only I've only ever seen them in gas stations. You I should think. feed them to your daughter. Aren't and you? I got She's confused. Like, what, three months. She can eat them. Oh my god. None of that stuff. She's not going down the uh, Ari Wasserman uh, <laughs> lane of eating, that's for sure. But it was insane. And it's just like the idea of watching this debate go back and forth in real time. It's like I went and I followed him up the stairs because it was a two-story room. And he went to the corner of the room after he got up there and said he couldn't make a decision. And he sat by... Um, a bunch of catered boxes of kolaches. Is that how you say that word? Kolache or kolache? Kolaches. Yeah. And wow, he was eating so, one. And wait, I wait. So we, <laughs> well, this is hands across the world. We got we got the the Mexican Takis. snack and the the Czech snack, the Czech Republic's yeah. favorite snack. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really big in Texas. I like, nowhere else I've ever been like it was like big on the. They're like pigs in a blanket kind of where they have hot dogs or they're stuffed rolls. And well, they also have fruit the, in them. My, West Texas, the, the town's name is West. It's, it's where the check stop is. Not not C at C-H-E-C-K, C-Z-E-C-H, C-Z-E, the check stop. Yeah. It's right off of I-35, about 20 miles north of, uh, of Waco on your way to, to Austin. And I'm sorry, on your way, on your way to, da- uh, to Dallas. And the apricot one is actually, and they'll heat it up for you at like 2 in the morning. Oh, come on. Oh man, hold on. I'm gonna. gonna (laughs) Bray, where are my keys? (laughs) Um, The, uh, but he was sitting in the corner, and I went up to him, and he didn't think for whatever reason he seemed like stunned that there were reporters there. And I said, "Hey, Keontae, can I just talk to you for a few minutes?" Because like you could tell, like this wasn't what his plan was. 
you know, he's getting advice from some somewhere or someone. So are you are said, you so, saying that that a you know second tier chip manufacturer <laughs> did not have the greatest PR strategy going into its first foray into college football recruiting? I mean, knocked it, me like over said, with it worked out well. <laughs> But I, I asked him, like, what are you doing now? And the guy goes, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, he was so defeated. And I almost felt bad for him. And then, like, I wrote this story that I thought was an interesting column about wackiness that happens on signing day. I sent it to Mitch. We're about to publish it. And then all of a sudden, okay, I'm announcing again at 3.30. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I just wasted all my time writing the story in public. Just trash it, and I'll just rewrite it again. An hour later goes by. Okay, I'm announcing at 5.00. Uh, in, in a different state. In a, in a different state now. And I'm going to be announcing where I work out every day. And Mitch and I were talking. I'm like, there's like a 60% chance this kid doesn't announce at all. Um, but the thing that's really, really interesting to me and I thought was funny, guys, is that he got offered by Kentucky when he was 13 years old and he was in middle school. It's like, did the extra two hours really, really get you there? Or And it's like, I like to think that like him and his guardian – we're on the phone, who also happens to run the gym that he works out at in Rondale Moore. So you're sure this wasn't, a com- this wasn't all planned? I don't know. Maybe. If it, if it was a plan, then they did a great job Masterful. of executing Masterful. it. Masterful. Uh, they, they made dysfunction look, look uh, natural. Um, but I just like to th- like think back and forth. They, they were calling both coaches and you know, flipping and flopping and there were reports that he was committed to Michigan state this morning and there were graphics made and you know, the whole charade. And then at the end of the day, he just signed with the program that's been riding with him since he was 13 years old. So we're kind of bearing the lead here though, too. I mean, Kentucky signed a kind of Kentucky signed a five-star offensive lineman and the, and I was talking about this uh, with Andy on XM, but like eight years before the eight classes before Mark Stoops arrival at Kentucky, Kentucky signed eight four-star prospects. And this year's class, in the 247 composite rankings, they have one five-star prospect. Who, guys, by the way, when we're recording this at 8.46 p.m. on Wednesday, still hasn't signed his letter. So watch out for that, just in case we want to get... Is it Barry and Brown? No, no. Oh. Goodwin hasn't signed Oh, Goodwin hasn't signed. Yeah, so you don't... Oh, come on, really? I might have to go look at the story. If you said he signed, hopefully we said he picked... Kentucky, so he hasn't signed yet. Yes, what's Mel Tucker doing now? They're anticipating that he here's what he's going to sign with Kentucky, and Mel Tucker is going to tell him to transfer to Michigan State. Just because I just wouldn't, I would not let this kid sleep on it. Is what I, but you know, that's what it seems to be. But the stat is eight four star prospects the previous eight years combined at Kentucky. This year they have one five star prospect and eight four stars in a class that ranks number eleven nationally right now. Yeah, you know the SEC East. Missouri 11, Kentucky 12, Tennessee 13. Not a bad day for those so-called mid-tier SEC East teams and a great day for Tennessee. Which They're not up- so-called middle-tier team. They are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. up, up until a week or two ago, Tennessee <laughs> yeah. was outside of the top 25, which didn't make sense because Tennessee always recruits well, and they have a new coach with a fun offense. So they closed very well. So we already talked about Florida doing some good things today. Obviously, Georgia had another monster year. But a really good day for Missouri, Kentucky, and Tennessee as well. And then Auburn 14 and 14. So we had four SEC teams in a row, which isn't a surprise. Yeah. And I bet you if you looked them up, like those four teams are like sixth, seventh, and eighth in the SEC, right? Oh, yeah. No doubt. No That's doubt. That's insane. But, but uh, Missouri, sort of like Kentucky, Missouri getting a five star. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Luther Burden, and they got their future quarterback in, in, in Sam Horn coming off a, they went six and six, right? I think they're, they're in a bowl game. Um, but a dis- you know, probably a little bit of a disappointing season. They, they rallied late there. So, uh, but I was, you know, we we knew Missouri and Kentucky were having good classes. I think Tennessee is kind of an under the radar uh, big story of today. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to see if if Tennessee could flip Walter Nolan, um, or at least make it interesting and have him sign in the early or the traditional signing period in February, just to kind of see the A and M Tennessee battle and see if they could have transcended the geography and. And got him, but you know Texas A and M guys. I think uh, story of the day, in my opinion. I, I don't know what you guys think. I, we anticipated it a little bit, um, but A and M is absolutely eating right now. Yeah, number well, one I, in the two four seven composite. Should, you should listen ahead, to my Andy. interview. Uh, we got a bonus episode dropping in the feed uh, with Jimbo Fisher. And by the way, Walter Nolan's mom apparently makes the best screens. 
I'm listening. <laughs> Are you intrigued? He also Ari? dropped yeah. a hint. He said the other best cook in the class, or best mom cook in the class, he couldn't tell me because the person hadn't signed yet, but he said it was Cajun food. So get the detectives out on that one. Uh, Jacoby Matthews, the five-star safety. That would be the one. There From you go. Louisiana? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I don't know how to pronounce that town's uh, name, though. Pencha... Ponchatula. 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 Yeah. yeah. But real quick, uh, Ari, then you go on on A&M. They are number one right now, 25 commits. Average player rating of 94.18. Right now, Alabama is two with a higher average player rating, but A&M still has some more guys out there. Are you still very confident in your assertion from a few weeks ago, Ari, that A&M will win the recruiting title? Um, I, I'm like 50-50 between them and Bama. So you're not confident? And, like, I don't know. I mean – I think A&M is just going to sign more players than Alabama. So if they do that, then they're going to win it. Um, but I also know that it's not fun to say it doesn't matter. But, like, I think it doesn't matter. Ari Wasserman like, saying it doesn't matter no, who wins no, the I, national I'm recruiting I'm saying that crown. it doesn't matter who wins the crown when both classes are the same. They're very comparable. The now, same division. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody is going to fret over who's number one when both are signing 15 top 100 players. It's like 30% of the top 100 are going to those two schools. And that doesn't even count for Georgia, who hit a few. And, you know, now Florida landed a guy. Huh? Hey, Billy Napier coming in coming in hot. Uh, yeah. So, Kamari Wilson, who was an IMG Academy guy. I, I believe this is Florida's first IMG Academy signee, by the way. Which is, they've had football Ever. for a while now. Ever? So what you're saying is uh, everything's fixed then. I don't know what you're saying. Wow. No, but but Kamari Wilson, the thought was he was choosing between Florida State and Georgia, and he winds up choosing Florida. That, that Florida beat Georgia for somebody, like that's not a sentence anybody said in a while. So that's saying something. Shamar James, who was one of the, the players who decommitted when all was falling apart at the end of the season, he came back in the fold. So Napier went and got him. They've only got nine nine guys signed, including a, a kicker named Trey Smack. Uh, but good name. This leads me to believe they're going to go real heavy portal because they couldn't get in on the guys they wanted to get in on in the in the limited time they had. Ari, it's time to talk about your favorite school, University Vanderbilt? of Texas. University oh. of Texas. Good day, good day for the Longhorns, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't make the vow to Andy on the Andy Staples show that I'm never going to go back in on Texas, I would be back in on Texas. I mean, <laughs> well, this is a different show. You can do it. Same feed, but Quinn different Ewers show. Quinn Ewers is a part of their 2022 class, flipping a top 100 player from Ohio State uh, in Texas and Dallas on signing day. You know, I, there's a lot to like about, you know, Texas's class. And there always is a lot to like about Texas's class. And they've got 27 commitments right now, one five-star prospect, 17 four-stars. And, they're, you know, there's a chance they're going to Devin be, Campbell, right? I mean, they're probably considered the favorite. They're probably right? going to get Devin Campbell uh, in February. But anytime anybody pushes their announcement back three months, you can you kind of have to, like, take the bird out of the hand a little bit. But, you know, their class is, is pretty – is, like, solid from top to bottom. Not nearly as top-heavy as uh, Texas A&M's or some of the other uh, – you know, programs are going to be expected to compete at the highest level. So I don't know if I'm 100% back in, but if you had Quinn Ewers into this mix, he's the yeah. real number one overall player in the country. Yeah, I, I know top 100 is kind of the, the, the cutoff that we use a lot there, but they have eight top 150. They got a lot of guys in that next tier there too. So it's not like some of their four stars are in the 300. So um, based on how their season ended and what is going on at Texas A&M, I don't think you could ask for much more from, from Sark with – Quinn Ewers I think you could ask a little bit more because they're getting smoked by AM. And like you're always gonna be you're always going to be compared to the sure. another end state. So I think it's a very good ending uh to what Texas is doing. And listen, Denver Harris has to an announce, right? Still, and um some of the other players in the state of Texas who remain uncommitted. Um Harold Perkins hasn't announced yet, even though he's kind of leaning towards AM. Devin There's Campbell, six five stars, six Denver five Harris. stars that, that have yeah. not announced. Harold Perkins, Damani Jackson, Shamar Stewart, Devin Campbell, Denver Harris, and Josh Connerly. Two of by, which by the way, are top 10 national players in the state of Texas. Shamar Stewart, by the way, maybe another potential Jackson State. 
Had not heard that. That that would be two five stars in a like you mentioned Zach Evans potential five star transfer. Former uh, yeah. transfer. So what now, would they do though? Just like boat race everybody. I want to see their schedule. You know, I would love to see them play. I'm sure next year. I mean, the schedules are done so far in advance. It'd be great to see Jackson State play a Power Five team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they would still get smoked. Yeah, I mean, I mean from you, an overall roster standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they're they're. But like, here's the thing: if you go and you look at the team rankings right now, there are only six classes in the entire country that have multiple five-star prospects committed. And, like, if Jackson State was seventh, that would be something. That would be incredible. Uh, did you guys see the stat about the Big Ten recruiting rankings? The one through seven were the Big Ten East, and eight through 14 were the Big Ten West. That's, uh, not, good for, that's not good for uh, league balance. Uh, Greg Schiano. So for you. Look at Greg Schiano yeah, go. Yeah. One word is uh, geography. And that's what are you going to do? I'm not saying that no team from the West will ever finish in the top seven, but it's just like if Shiano has Rutgers competently recruiting, then what team in the West has more advantageous geography than anybody in the East? Like the entire Illinois. balance of the Big Ten is off as a result of this. Illinois, but that's a whole other topic about why they I- Illinois al- but always why? struggle to recruit. Don't you think Illinois' geography is better than Indiana? To I recruit? think they're the same. They're both nah, in they're no better. man's land. I don't Illinois know. is the state of uh, Don't say Chicago. There's no talent there. There's there's some. I mean, Illinois there's some close, in Indy. But, but Illinois, isn't Illinois just as close as St. Louis, which... Yeah, so, I mean, St. Louis is yeah, basically but Indiana East St. Louis. Ohio. Is, but there's also, a lot, there's also a lot to fight over and a lot of schools fighting over St. Louis talent. Yeah, I mean, I guess if we want to get into a quibble about whether or not Indiana or Illinois has more advantageous geography, then this podcast is definitely the right place for the people <laughs> who are listening to it. But yeah, I mean, it's just like you have a bunch of schools that are in Ohio and East. Okay, if you were if you were a head coach, you were a free agent head coach, and you could forget about the history of the program. And they said you could be the head coach at Indiana or Illinois. Resources of the stadium, or the stadium's the same, locker rooms are the same. Where would you pick? Indiana, but that's only uh, because I've had the fried biscuits from Squealers, Mooresville, <laughs> Indiana, which is is very. I would pick Indiana because they've I, they would recently been pretty good. One year, they went two and ten. Yeah, this I year. know. When's the last time Illinois was good? Juice Williams in like two thousand seven. Week zero, they beat Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> they also beat Penn State. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they've had two great weeks. Yeah, Indiana actually did. I had. I mean, no- I think they're both dead end. You're probably I mean, going to fire from jobs. A, just so. from a geographical standpoint, a lot more players can drive to Bloomington. A lot more recruits can drive to Bloomington. That just that that's that's a fact. Yeah, so no. I win. I think it's a tie. Okay, because I voted I for our, me. I think Andy voted for you. Uh, I think Andy. I think Andy just said I won. I don't like with Andy on this cut because if it's just me, Ari, I can, I can win the bet. His bad, name's but. on the feed, bud. Like, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he wins. But Indiana actually had a uh, pretty good class for a for going two and ten. Uh, helped that you know Dalen McCullough's brother was uh, hired as as the uh, running backs coach, and that, that they had a, a ton of momentum right there. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I guess if you can go look at the way that the classes are, are ranked right now. Classes that stand out to you as surprising or impressive, I would say North Carolina at 8, Michigan at 9, Kentucky at 11, Missouri at 12, Tennessee is 13, the way you said it, Stanford 15, Yep. Arkansas top 20, Indiana top 20, Michigan State 21. I mean, Arkansas has been of, a consistent top 25 recruiting school, though. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. expect them with the momentum they have going. Yeah, yeah. South that. Carolina has had a really good few weeks. Yeah. Not well, just and in and the South class, Carolina in the portal, too. Yes. Yeah, Josh Kendall just uh, Josh Kendall, who covered South Carolina for us for a long time, now covers the Falcons. Dipped back in the college ranks and wrote a story on uh, Kendall. I mean, on on uh, Spencer Rattler transferring um, to South Carolina. Yeah, definitely. He's going to change his beat back after if, if Rattler can turn out to what he was last year. Yeah, I know we we make fun of Heisman odds at this time. And they're not really that serious, but I th- he said in the story that Rattler still like has the third best odds to win it next year as the starting quarterback at South Carolina. I uh, am going all in. Uh, Quinn Ewers twenty eight to one. Ari, we've talked Andy. about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is pretty good odds, though, don't you think? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're going to put like 20 bucks down and forget about it. No, 100 bucks. Forget about it. Okay, Ari, we've talked a lot about this, and you and Andy might have. Um, other than Lincoln Riley, I think it's obvious he was going to improve his – of the new coaches, Andy, of the new, who's going to improve his school's recruiting stock the best. I mean, Lincoln Riley's, I think, the obvious answer. Other than that, you got Brian Kelly, Marcus mm-hmm. Freeman, Billy Napier, mm-hmm. Brent Venables, and Mario, Mario Cristobal. Cristobal. Yeah, of that, that, that top echelon, guys. Oh, we'll throw Dan Lanning in there yeah, at, at, at Oregon. Yeah, I think would be my if Lincoln Riley's number one and off the board. Uh, my next one would be Mario Cristobal. Well, especially if you are comparing it to where they were, because it's like Venables is completely eliminated because they were rolling under Riley before, right? Right. So it, like right. Venables is great. And Dan Lanning and he's too. He's just keeping it going. He's just keeping it continuing to be great. Um, I also think it's Cristobal. Any, any I, uh, Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman, maybe, but like I think that's more conjecture and in and uh, hypothesis than it is results right now. I want to see the results. Should it be Billy Napier? It I could mean, be Billy. Billy Napier. Napier had the best signing day of any of the new coaches, right? And like, listen, we both gave him a hard time about the way that he fumbled that that stars question in his introductory press conference. I don't give a crap what he says in a press conference if he's going to do what he did today. Well, the, the thing about that is they all do have their own evaluations. Like, Kirby Smart doesn't look at 24-7. No, I know. He looks no, at who I he know. thinks that, is But good. does that not go without saying? Like, yeah. you go into... The only thing I ever thought... And I don't think we talked about this, Andy. And I'll get your thoughts on this. And Mitch and I have talked about this. But if you were the new head coach at Florida, like Billy Napier is, you have to know and understand where it went wrong previously. And if you were yes. asked a question about recruiting or asked about stars or recruiting at the same level as Alabama without the, the use of the word stars, in that moment, in the introductory press conference, you have to recognize where it went off the rails and rise to the occasion and say what you need to say for the fan base craving to hear it, don't you? Like, it's like it, it felt like he was completely tone deaf of what the fan base had just been no, waterboarded I don't think it with matters like what the previous say, two years. What you say there, I think it matters. Do you beat Georgia for a recruit? Which he did. Absolutely. Now, Obviously, I mean, that's Kirby just one. You got to do it multiple times, but that's the, that's the start. No, I know, I but how I, many times did Dan Mullen beat Georgia for a five star recruit head to head in the last three years? Uh, I believe zero, it's zero, right? Yeah. It's like Billy Napier's already done it more times than Dan Mullen. In what a week and a half on the job, right? So, and it's like obviously what you what you do is more important than what you say, but in the moment, what he said was all we had, and I just was like, uh, oh boy, here we go again moment because it's just like, read the room. If your girlfriend broke, broke <laughs> if you're if the girl that you're falling in love with just got. <laughs> What are you going to say? Uh, I know this, this is, is going to be, be a, a torture <laughs> analogy. <laughs> look, at, look at the wheels turning. You, you well, I, I don't know how far I can take this, but it's a podcast behind a, a paywall most of the time. And hey, uh, you, you can take it wherever you want. A podcast you can write. You have a girlfriend. You, you meet this girl. You And all three of us are single in this scenario. You meet this girl. And she is the love of your life. It's love at first sight. You see this person and you know for a fact that you want to be with them for the rest of your life. You have the information when you meet her that her last relationship failed because her ex-boyfriend was an alcoholic. <laughs> Your first dinner. You calling Dan Mullen is, an alcoholic? No, it's an analogy. <laughs> Your first dinner, the introductory press conference, is your chance to make an impression. That's you not your first dinner. First time, do you That's your first six, phone call. Yeah, whatever. Your first time, the introductory press conference is the first dinner. You don't get hammered at the table. You know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do and what people need to see and what they need to hear to make the right impression. And in my opinion, he dropped the ball on the impression. Now, obviously, no one gives a shit about it now. Yeah, yeah, I guess like if you but to go back on my analogy, you could just say, I'm sorry I got drunk. I'm not an alcoholic. I haven't had a drink for seven Here's days. Here's my I AA chip. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Andy, I brought I just, this up. I just to, got nervous. I brought this up to Ari. You're you talk to a lot of coaches more than me and Ari around coaches. You we, we know how they're so single minded their focus is so narrow. 
Billy Napier's trying to win a Sun Belt title. Do you think he just did not know about all the like? Did he not read Ari's column about? No, he knew Dan he knew Mullen. Exactly. Like, do you think he knew he what was going on with that? Yeah, no, okay. that was he was briefed. He was briefed. The thing, by I, Scott the thing I don't absolutely. The thing I don't understand is why is there a reluctance to acknowledge the importance of recruiting when talking about it? I don't think there was, and I there was more to that. There was more to what he said, though. I know, but I'm saying there is a general, not just with Napier across the board. There is this general dismissal of the importance of getting good players. No, no, no. It's not a dismissal of the importance of getting good players. They all will say they want to get good players. They dismiss the system of recruiting services, ranking the players, and the rankings by those recruiting services because they want their own evaluations to tower over those because how could a layman possibly be able to evaluate as well as this highly paid football coach? That's that's meanwhile why. the most the most successful program in college football just correlates with the top hundred players nationally constantly and just wins national championships every year. Well here, so here's I don't understand thing. why there's a reluctance and, and this is this is I, I wish I could remember who told me this. If somebody years ago who worked for Scout and uh, it was one of their their lead evaluators and they said look the fact of the matter is, the top 50 players in the country, we could put a person who's never watched a game of football yeah. out there, and they can identify those as the best players on the field. It's like saying, is Barry Sanders good at football? Why don't we get anybody who doesn't watch the game? They know he's good at football. You know, what, like, you know what Kirby Smart loves, though? He loves Jordan Davis, his three-star who of they course. developed. Vlad McConkie. And he lo- yeah. yeah, exactly. He, I they think love- it's more impressive... To get the best player out of high school and then have him rock shit in every game that you play. It's both, though. So Nolan Smith. I th- yeah, or every every other first-round draft pick that's going to be, you know. <laughs> right. I think it's more impressive that Dabo Sweeney got Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence was the best player in college football for three years. Then I was more impressed with that than what Urban Meyer did with JT Barrett. Right. Urban Meyer also got Chase Young. And both Bosa brothers, who were exactly as advertised. I'm trying to think, who's the best three-star quarterback of the last three years? Mac Jones. He's I four-star, think that I think. What Dabo Sweeney got and did with oh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, Kyle he's Trask four-star. is a two. How's that? Yeah, yeah, Kyle Trask is probably the best example. And maybe this isn't the right. This isn't the right. <laughs> people are going to lose their minds. But like, I would much rather pat Dabo Sweeney on the back for getting the best player out of high school and then letting him achieve greatness because he's the best than I would be like, oh, wow, Dan Mullen is like a quarterback whisperer. Dan, Dan Mullen didn't didn't sign Kyle Trask. That's that's Jim McElwain. But he got, should be giving he was the head coach yeah. that that massaged the, the number the that they got out of him, out of him a yeah. year ago. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not saying that you don't have to develop, but it's so much harder to get the guy than it is to coach the guy, in my opinion. Well, that was the hope with Dan Mullen. He's the guy that got Dak Prescott when LSU didn't want him until the very end and goes to Florida that he doesn't need the Kyle Trasks. He doesn't need the two-star. He gets the Trevor Lawrences. But and that then he can That use didn't his, work out that way. Now Billy Napier has to go yeah. get the Trevor Lawrences, which yeah, I, I, I think he's – that. that's probably his mindset. If, if we're judging by what he went after – Right off the bat, right out of the shoot, that seems to be his mindset. We'll see. It. We'll I see. I assume if it you guys saw, comes to fruition. Saw saw Emory Jones. Didn't he say he's going to the portal today? Yes. So is it Anthony Richardson time? No doubt about it. I think so. I think I think that's what that means. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. We have talked a lot about a lot of teams, a lot of leagues. Did not. We've mentioned USC. We've mentioned Oregon. But... You know, we're we're all on social media. Can we say the day. thing about USC? Not to interrupt you, but USC is going to finish with like three top fifty players in their class this year, and it's going to still be outside of the top fifty. It's going to be the most top heavy class, probably. Well, there's going to be like yeah. nine signees, and half of them are going to be four star prospects and up. 
Yeah. Uh, other than USC getting Relique Brown and Zion Branch today, like there was no buzz anywhere about any Pac-12 school. Now, three of the biggest brands in the league have new coaches, USC, Oregon, and Washington. But this didn't exactly go a long way in helping them close any talent gap. Um Today, I mean, I you know Utah does what Utah does. I, their recruiting's better, but they're not they're not making huge splashes. UCLA, I so didn't the see. I didn't see anything in the Pac-12 with Stanford, right? Yes, yes, and but they had most of the guys come in. I maybe like you know UCLA. I didn't see anything on UCLA today. Um, just just a oh no, just lack of buzz. Uh, There's no buzz, and like last year USC even before when when Helton was still the coach had buzz. I think USC signed four top top. Uh, top rated players of their position in the state of California and like six or seven or even eight top 100 players last year. So like USC and Oregon are the only two teams that have had any buzz, but I will say, uh, I know I like to tease you Mitch about, um, talking about Vanderbilt and your alma mater, like my alma mater. Yes. Arizona has a, the number 35 class overall right now. They've got two top 250 players, uh, both of which are from California, and they've signed. I think they signed nine or ten top 1,000 players a year ago. Kevin Sumlin's class had one one top 1,000 player in it. Andy, like with, with a power five oh, I, team. Yeah, I, Jet, Jet Fish has work cut out for him, and it's going to take probably a couple more classes like this to get them to be like fine competitive. But if they, this if they is have a, a good few start. more classes like this to be fine. They got it better be as the season. It's he kept al- he kept them together. They they got better as the season. It's progressed. almost like Kevin Sumlin wasn't trying at all. It's it's hard when you're the university, a state school like that to sign one top thousand. I guy. bet you if you looked up the numbers and maybe you can do this on your own time, Mister. I like opening up spreadsheets. I do. It wouldn't be how my own time. It would be my company. It would be company five, time. How many times in the history of modern day recruiting has a Power Five team anywhere only signed one one top? One top 1,000 player. I bet I'm you. Look that up. I bet you Arizona might have been the only one ever. It's true. Even even that last Derek Dooley class at Tennessee that had no offensive linemen, I think probably had more top 1,000 players. Probably had several top oh, sure. 1,000 players. Maybe all of yeah. them were top 1,000 players. Yeah, I mean, only one is like that class was finishing behind group of five classes that only had three commitments with profiles. We haven't talked uh, Dan Lanning to Oregon from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, is he? What does he do for? Does he do anything for you guys? Sure. I mean, he's he's known as a very good recruiter. I mean, look, anybody who's been in that machine, if they were paying attention, is going to be able to go get players. Now, you're going to have to do a lot of the same things Mario Cristobal was doing, where you're, you're going to Southern California. Uh, Cristobal would go to Utah. He'd go to Texas. So you got to be able to do that and just go get them wherever they are because they don't live near you. So they're all getting on a plane. So just go where you know that they got players. The one thing I will say, and you alluded to this, Andy, is you have a person who was exposed to the machine for over three years. And when you're a part of that machine and you're exposed to that machine – your understanding of what expectations for good recruiting are different from people who have never been in that machine. Right. So like his fundamental baseline of what he has to do at Oregon. But remember, he's replacing someone who looked at it the same way. Right. No, I'm not saying that Oregon. I think that Oregon is in a good position to continue to match what, what Mario Cristobal was doing. But I always feel more comfortable hiring a coordinator from a program that's signing 10 to 12 top 100 players every year, because when you're in that machine, that is your fundamental understanding of what recruiting is supposed to look like. Whereas you can hire somebody from the group of five or somebody from a middle tier program that got more results than their program indicated that might do it like the other, the other way, like the Brian Harson way, right. you know, and I'm not sort saying like the Jamie work. Chadwell yeah. argument, you know, you know, or the- you go get the guy who, had to live with Kirby Smart's demands and recruiting every single day and meet those standards. And, like, I would take that. Yeah, Mel Tucker. But then Jeremy Pruitt. You also got to be able to, you know, run a program and be a head coach. 
you it's also the pizza yeah, dough, you, guys. you have to have a coherent philosophy, which that that's what got Jeremy Pruitt. Offense got Will Muschamp. You know, so you you, you do have to have a good on field philosophy to match that because that's that the it's a just as important as being able to get good players is being able to identify the players that work for what you do. And Nick is great at that. Dabo's great at that. Ryan Day is great at that. Like, it's not an accident that those programs are so good. Lincoln Riley understands exactly what he's looking for to succeed in that offense. Good players. Andy, not just are, good are players. You on board? Good players who do what you do. It's like if you have a five-star guard who's 350 pounds and you run a wide zone run scheme, you're, you're wasting him. Like he's not going to be no, good in I, what you do. You need a three hundred five star. Every guy. five star, every five star wide receiver or skill position player on the face of the earth can be put into a Lincoln Riley system. Well, that that that's also a feature of Lincoln Riley's offense. He's he's built it yeah. where where whatever size you are, you know, physical attributes you have, they can they'll Antonio find Antonio Morales our advantage. Our USC writer will say that Lincoln Riley will be made or broken by how he recruits the lines. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and there's no doubt he's going to have skill. Yeah, lack of elite interior defensive linemen is what the difference was between Oklahoma and the teams they lost to in the playoff. Yep, and I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, but I was listening to Bruce and, and and Stu on the Audible interviewing Jim Mora, and I think Stu or Bruce prefaced a question by saying you're in a place with elite talent. He said, "Good." I said, not elite on the line of scrimmage in Southern California. I said, we had great skill guys, wide receivers, but for whatever reason, not elite at the line of scrimmage. So sort of what Antonio said, it's, it's, yeah. it, that's going to be the case. Yeah, they, they, would have, they would have the occasional good edge rusher. They never really had that guy up the middle. Ari, are we ready for the question? We are ready for the question. Okay, and each week I ask Ari sort of a trivia, a recruiting trivia question. I do some research that usually aren't really gettable. They're really difficult, but just kind of okay. spur conversation. I've tailored this one to you. Okay. Who are the 10? You don't have to get them in order. You just have to get the names. Oh, boy. The 10 most highly rated Florida signees of the modern era from 2002 oh. on. Ronald Powell is the highest rated recruit of all time. So he's obviously number one. Num <laughs> yeah, number um, one. Percy Harvin. Correct, number three. Okay. Brandon Spikes. And by the way, Brock, Ber Brock Berlin was on this list, but he was 2000. So okay. we're going since yeah. like 2002. Yeah, he was, so a, he was like count. number one overall. Um, yeah. Brandon Spikes is on there? No. Really? Okay. I did um, not go. I should have looked like 11 through 15 to see, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think Carlos he was 12. Dunlap? Nope. Good name. Wow. Sir. Urban did pretty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he Marquise. signed the greatest class of all time in 06. <laughs> yeah. so Mike and Marquise Pouncey. Yeah. They didn't sign the greatest class of all time. They are not. Neither one. Neither one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So somebody. Okay. Oh, Joe Hayden in that 07 class would have definitely been on that list. <laughs> nope. You got to be kidding me. Let's all see, right. So I we think gotta, I No. Yeah. I mean, there's like the one name that is absolutely on that list. Can I help, or do you not want me to help? Yeah, well, you, you Tim Tebow help. would be the first one that Tim I Tim Tebow say. was not on there. Yeah, I knew what T Tebow was not as. He was a, Tebow was a five star prospect. No, he was a lot of five star. Pro was he? Okay, he was? but they, yeah, yeah. Tebow was a four star. Percy was the highest rated player in the 06 class. I'm a little surprised. Spikes. I thought Spikes was the second highest rated player. So. I'm, I'm wrong. Okay, I'm going to pull it up to see if, if Spikes was in that next tier. Yeah, that's now. Now it's bugging me. So, so we got to get into this. Some, some I got another one. Recruits. I remember this one. Okay. Um, Sharif Floyd. Yes. Number nine from Philly. Okay, I I believe, right? the 2010 class had had quite a bit going on there. So that's, none of the guys you've mentioned or even on the top 15. How about Dominic Easley? That you didn't get. Yes, number seven. So we've gotten four so far. Dominic Easley, Sharif Floyd, and Ronald Powell, by the way, all in the same class. So I'll stay in the 2010 class. Is Matt Elam on there? No more 2010 guys. Okay. All right. Let's see. 
There's got to be somebody else in the 07 class. That that class had a bunch of good players. Oh, is Chris Leak on there? No. I'm surprised he was a pretty. How about James Wilson? Nope. What year was he? Really? I, do, I don't remember him. He was a very highly rated offensive lineman that didn't. Oh, oh, uh, Carl. Uh, gosh, was Carl, Carl Johnson? Nope. You've got really? um, one. Okay, you want some hints? I've got yeah, one. Yeah, give me hints. Okay. I'm going to try one more. Is CC Jefferson on there? No, he's close. He's number thirteen. Jalen Tabor. Nope. Dang. Okay, Dude, number, Florida's stacked. <laughs> number ten. Number ten was a really good running back from the early to mid two thousands. Theatric Faison? Yes. All right. Okay, num- number two. Uh, class of he's an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Big tackle. Mid-teens. Okay. Signed in the mid-teens. Oh, uh, from Apopka. Martez Ivy. Yes. Okay, number 14. I think from Tampa. Still in the NFL. If I give you the position, we give it away, but cornerback i think seffner from oh an armwood player oh vernon hargraves yes nope. vernon oh vernon hargraves yeah. went to went to wharton he's he's new tampa all the way baby okay but yes but so tampa. I, am i right or wrong yeah, yeah, yeah Tim. right oh yeah, yeah. okay Seffner, uh, so i'm num- assuming an armwood player he went to wharton okay um i knew it was from the area another offensive tackle 2012 I remember him, but I don't remember how I think good, I'm good he was. Out here, guys. Okay. 2012 offensive tackle. All right, man. These must-champ signees are are just escaping my mind. It is a oh oh he is he is starting in the NFL. I watched him is on he? on Monday Night Football the other night. DJ Humphreys. Yeah, what team is he on? He's on the Cardinals. Okay, he's the yeah. Cardinals okay. starting left tackle. Number six, safety. Urban Meyer era. Um, four letter well, first Ron name, Black four letter last name. No. Four letter first name, four letter last name. Whew, safety. What am I blanking on? Will Hill. Oh, Will Hill. Oh, who could forget Will Hill and his uh his amazing. You did. <laughs> yeah. Sour. And then the last uh, class of 2019 linebacker, number eight. The 2019 class? 2009 linebacker. Oh, 2009. I, you said ni- yeah, 2019. Sorry. I was like, wait. Sorry. I don't remember any moment. Oh, oh uh, that would be um, July Jenkins. You got it. Wow. So That was harder than I thought it was going to be. I can't believe Jarvis Moss isn't on there. They've had, I mean, like they they won two national championships. There's one random, there's one random uh, Florida signee that was supposed to be badass who didn't really re- live up to his potential, but I thought might be on the list is I remember this because Ohio State was recruiting him hard when I was first on the beat, but uh, Andre DeBose. Was yeah. Andre DeBose he wasn't he the next Percy Harvin? Rival, uh, yeah, he went to one of my rival high schools. He was just always hurt. He, he, was, he was electric before the injuries, but uh, he wound up, I mean, wound up being there all five years and, and just never really could be healthy the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, real quick, the next guys on the list, Andre Caldwell, Derek Harvey, CC Jefferson, current player, or Gervin Dexter, might have been a mm-hmm. senior this year, right? And, no, he's uh, a no, and, Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, five star last year. Oh, Chris Leak, um, 2003. Gary Brown, 2009. Wow. Gary Brown never made it Car- to campus. He's from the Panhandle. Okay. Carlos Dunlop, Jarvis Moss, Tease Tabor, Maddie Lum. Okay, so Jonathan Bullard, Tim Tebow. Andre what was Tim Tebow's ranking? He was a five-star. I knew it. But, I mean, th- this tells you that he's 24th, and he's a five-star. I mean, it, 24th? Yeah, Florida. Florida. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it goes 25 deep. DeBose is 25. So they've had at least 25 five-stars in the modern era. Wow. That's crazy. None of them came from Mullen. Okay. Uh, sorry. Salt. De- Dexter, Dexter <laughs> was a Mullen signee. Yeah, he, yeah, I know. I'm just teasing. You should have told him, Ari. He needed more five-stars. He'd still have a job. So Ari, Ari's job. If I would have thought about that, Ari's job in this podcast. What do you do, Ari? I just yell stars. Oh, I I gotta say goodbye now. Yeah, Ari sign. I sign on. Ari signs off. Awkward Mitch's uh, entries are. I am. (laughs) You're the worst editor of the Athletic. I'm here with Ari Wasserman from the Athletic, and our (laughs) guest is Andy Staples from the Athletic. Um, Thank you so much for listening to. 
the delirious post-signing day uh, Stars Matter. I, I think I might volunteer us to add another bonus episode when things start to you know settle down a little bit. Andy, it was great having you as a guest on our show in your feed. I'm honored. Honored. This was. I, I've been waiting to go. On How Stars angry are you going to be? Started. Uh, I can't believe. How you finally angry are you going to be about? Is it, are you going to lose sleep over the trivia question tonight? You're going to. You're going to be angry. Florida's really hard. I'm a little, little mad at myself. Dis- are you disappointed in yourself? Yeah. The DJ Humphreys one. I'm mad that I didn't get that right off the bat. Like I watched him on Monday Night Football the mm-hmm. other night, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's DJ Ari, Humphreys. I asked, I asked Ari the same thing with Ohio State last week. I think he got. Got them all. Maybe took eleven guesses to get the ten guys. Well, the now, thing, the difference it's been between a long Ohio time State since and Florida I was a is that. Yeah. Well, no. Also, all of Ohio State's top signees came since like 2013. Right. It's more condensed. So it's a little bit easier yeah. to remember. Like than, you, like, you notice how fast I got Seattle Fazen. Yeah. Did he play? He played in the NFL, right? A little bit. Yeah. C four from from the Jacksonville area. Yeah. Good player. I remember him. So, all right, Ari. Well, it was, it was a cathartic to talk to you guys about recruiting, um, and I still feel like there's so much more to break down, and, and I'm sure we will. Uh, Andy, thanks again so much for joining us. Mitch, uh, thank you for trying to host properly. Uh, I'm the talent, and uh, thanks so much for... <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why I have to host, and you're the talent. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. 